Welcome to the official Guns Up Nation podcast, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland. Let's meet today's hosts. Hey, Red Raider Nation, you're listening to the official Guns Up Nation podcast. I'm your host, John Darden, alongside the man, the guy, that when he was on the mound, Red Raider Nation, we know you felt good. Yeah. You knew this is, we, we're low-scoring game on the other side. Just get our bats going. Just a couple of runs is all we need in this guy is going to pull it out. The most dependable pitcher on this year's Texas Tech baseball team, consistently clocking a 98-mile-per-hour fastball, throws all kinds of pitches. He's got all the nasty ones, throws off all the batters. And I'm telling you, I know you feel this, Red Raider Nation. When this guy is on the mound, you felt a solid sense of security that this game is going to go our way. The record states it, 9-3. and three. We got 106 strikeouts. The man, Brandon Birdsell. Thank you for the intro. Did that? Did I do good? Yeah, that was good. First question out of the gate. We got. We got. We got to talk about the stash, dude. <laughs> uh, it popped cool. up in the regional. It's still here. What's going on? You know, funny thing is, uh, I remember uh, Andrew Morris. He he was so he was so against the stashes because he said one time he had a stash and he pitched bad. And, you know, we convinced him to do it. And I he posted something on his Snapchat story the other day, and he still got it. You know, he was, he didn't want to do it. Now he's still got it going. So, a few of us uh, still got the stash going. I don't know. It's just it's grown on me. It's a different look. And so, uh, yeah, it's just here. So, for, for who knows how long. Uh, well, we, we can't not mention the fact that your fiancé is in the studio with us today. Yeah, right over here. And... I don't think we have a camera on her, but as loud as you can so we can hear it in the mic, Emily, stash, is it staying or is it going? Oh, man. Oh, man, she said. I can, re- I can read her mind. She's saying it's staying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, speaking of staying, you are not staying at Texas Tech next year, obviously. Tell us what's next for you. And just... Wait to hear my name called when you know when the draft rolls around next week. And um, other than that, you know, there's nothing else we can do. What's that process been like for you? It's um, a lot of phone calls and you know Zoom calls and uh, you know people just or scouts just you know checking in and you know on the phone with my uh, advisor a lot. You know, talking about different things and uh, you know I'm so fortunate to be in this position because in, in, in past years it was such a stressful time because I knew like I wanted to come back here next year and so like last year I was like I don't want to get drafted and so you know but my advisors were wanting me to by the way I have different advisors so not the same not the <laughs> same guys and it was it, it was like my heart was tugging somewhere but I was having all to make all these decisions and it was so stressful but like this year I'm so I'm so grateful for you know, the year that we had and, um, you know, just have the opportunity to talk to scouts and talk to my advisor and be happy about it and not be stressed out of my mind about this. So uh, it's been it's been fun. It's been exciting. And, uh, yeah, we're just excited to see what happens uh, next weekend. What's the process been like for you? Before we hit record, we were talking about you're talking to scouts early in the morning, late in the evening. What 
What goes into the process of you're finishing up your collegiate career and you're transitioning into uh, the draft process? What all is going on behind the scenes for the casual fan that doesn't understand? Well, um, you know, the, 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 the good part is that there's nothing else you can do. You know, I did my job. I I went out and I, I put up numbers this year and I, I posted up every start, which was a big thing for my injury last year. You know, that they want to know if I could pitch a full season. I did that. And so I've done everything I possibly could have, and that's the relieving feeling. You know, now it's in other people's hands. Um, but, I mean, other than that, you know, just been, you know, we just work out and, and throw, keep an arm in shape just in case I got to go play somewhere. Um, there's a chance I might not even throw, throw an inning till next season. So – um, not really much has changed since the end of the season, you know, just staying in shape and, you know, just being ready for whenever my name's called to go, you know, wherever they need me to go. So let's dive into this past season. What stands out for you from this, this 22 baseball team? What stands out for me was, um, you know, regardless of how many ups and downs we had, we always tried to rally back, you know, whether we, you know, from the Oklahoma series and the Big 12 tournament and then, you know, going to the championship game and the regional, you know, it's – and then for people, you know, they ended up going to beat Tennessee and going to the World Series. So then now people are like, oh, it's okay that we lost, mm-hmm. you know. But regardless of how down we might have been, we always – we didn't give up. Didn't give up one bit. You know, we pushed through to the end and it – you know, our season was cut a little short, probably a little early than a lot of us wanted to, but – uh, we showed a lot of grit, at, you know, throughout the year, regardless of uh, how bad we may have played at certain times. Yeah, and and I think the the Texas Tech fan base, we've gotten used to like regional just being a oh yeah we're we're we're, we're gonna win that yeah. we'll get our and, and and we'll win it here in Lubbock right so it was a different year for Tech baseball, which. Going back to that, I mean, not even that long ago, regional was a dream, it was yeah. a hype dream, and now winning regional is is just sort of the expectation all the time. So uh, I, I think we, the the fan base, can echo the reality that Notre Dame was really freaking good. Yeah, I mean, you they saw were. what they did the next round, and um, you know it's fair when well, you know when you that's what. You, that's what people expect, or that's what you expect when you come play at a place like this. And, um, you know, minus a couple midweek games we're hosting, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we finished big second in the Big 12. A lot of people don't even realize that. Yeah. You know, we finished second in the Big 12. I mean, we had a few bad weekends, but, uh, I mean, we we were one game, one game away from a 41 season. What, what was it? Because, and spoiler alert, this is not the first time we sat down with Brandon. This is the second time we actually are having to redo – what we did the first time. So we talked about this in the previous one. I think one. that was uh, mid-March, maybe? Yeah, yeah, it was a while ago. It was, I remember Well, we no, a little bit before April. Big 12. Yeah, maybe maybe in April. But we talked about the, like, the Tech baseball team sometimes was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like, you, is either really great or it was not so great. What, the, the midweek series seemed to be a bugaboo for us. What was it, in your opinion, about that? Because you typically weren't traveling with the yeah. team in the midweek series, right? Yeah, it, when they would try, I'd, I would be at the ones in, that were home, 
but um, I didn't go to the ones that we traveled to. And man, I, I don't know if I've got a clear cut answer on that. Um, just things didn't really go our way. Uh, you know, it could have been a lot of things, lack of focus, lack of preparation. Oh, it's another midweek game. Well, it's just, oh, it's just New Mexico. We beat them, you know, 20 something to something last time. Right. You know, so just, there could be a lot of different factors. It, you know, it just so happened that we lost the teams we, we couldn't have lost to um, from an RPI standpoint, which college baseball or NCAA, if you're watching this, change the RPI system because that's much I watch. That is a whole other podcast in and of itself, <laughs> right? The the BS, I agree with you, of the RPI system yeah. is it's trash. I mean, it's, TCU is not hosting, and they're, they're the dang Big 12 winners. <sighs> yeah. I mean, like, come on. Yeah. And then you got Oklahoma State who finished – fourth I think in the Big 12 and they're not hosting Oklahoma's in the championship game of the mm-hmm. World Series isn't hosting mm-hmm. yeah but you got Oklahoma State in Texas I mean granted Texas by all means Texas had a great year they had a great uh, offense and everything but I mean like you know as as you can see I'm getting a little fired up about this RPI system. I love the passion man that's but, what well I think we all agree with you uh, and, and it's worked in our favor in the past the RPI system has worked in our favor in the past but this is one of those years where you, you are kind of stepping back going what the heck? It was it, those the midweeks can be a double edged sword too because it's like you're you're expecting to win, but also it's like everyone thinks the world's ending if you lose, right? You know, but um, I mean, I think that's what happened to TCU. If if, if I'm wrong, they did lose a couple midweeks also to teams mm-hmm. that they shouldn't have mm-hmm. that really brought their RPI down. And it's like, come on, you're you're you know deciding the postseason based off of a couple bad midweeks, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like we're going into Oklahoma State, sweeping them at home, and they're hosting. But it's more important that we lost in New Mexico right. in a midweek game than going into OSU and sweeping them. Yeah. It's like, you know, it, it just it drives me nuts. You know, it makes no sense. There's there's not a whole lot about the NCAA in any sport that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, so it's fair. Uh, sorry, NCAA. Nobody likes you. So... It, I, I mean, it's easy, I think, to go down the, oh, we should, we could have done, should have done, would have done. But let's talk about some of the high points, yeah. too, this year. What For you specifically, let's talk about you individually and then talk about the team. What were some high points for you from this past season? You know, it's hard to, it's hard to say, or it's hard not to talk about when I had 15 strikeouts against Rice. That was a fun game. But those, when things are going your way, everything's clicking, that's when pitching's easy. You know, it's like uh, it felt like it, nobody could hit the ball that game. And uh, that was a fun one. Uh, the Kansas State game um, where I think I had 12 strikeouts. Uh, that was a good that was a good game. I, I think I only given up one hit that game. Um, there was another really cool moment, uh, that West Virginia game. That Friday game gets canceled or postponed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we play the doubleheader Saturday. So I show up to the ballpark. Uh, probably in the second inning of or first inning of that first game, and then Morris is going good, and then he has the really tough game. It's a really tough inning where it's like, you know, a butt here and then an error and then an error and then something. And then I think they score what, five or something like that, and something something along those lines. Yeah, that and was then just, he just a shoves, wild inning. And then he yeah. just shoves for the next you know seven innings, mm-hmm. and you know I was so proud of him. And then. Um, I was getting ready for the game as they were finishing up because there was only about 45 minutes in between games. And so I'm going out to the field as they're coming into the locker room to eat and um, just relax before the second game. 
And it just so happened that we timed, we timed up to where we met right at home plate and we just gave each other a hug. Cause you know, I was so proud of him. And then I ended up throwing the, the complete game, the mm-hmm. second game. Mm-hmm. And so we used two pitchers yeah. in two games and, um, that was when our bullpen was kind of struggling. And we're like, hey, the bullpen threw really well today. <laughs> so that was a pretty cool moment. Um, yeah, no, there's a there's a lot of fun moments in certain games that, you know, they may have not been the greatest outings, but I remember the Texas game that I pitched in. That was a fun game because it, it was a grind, mm-hmm. and it was hot, mm-hmm. and it was against Texas. And um, there was a lot of big moments in that game that I – I remember um, Melendez hits a single. Th- thank the Lord it wasn't a third home run. <laughs> and then uh, somebody, I think uh, Murphy stayed like they hit a double off me or something. So runners at second and third, uh, no outs. I strike the next three guys out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of little moments like that too. Yeah, I think that was a really good moment for Texas Tech baseball's Instagram too. They yeah, ca- they caught that fiery yeah. passion of you walking off the mound. Yeah. And that was when Melendez was like right in the middle of his unbelievable. Yeah, I, I actually DM'd him the other day and I was like, hey, you know, just congrats on the year. Glad I could contribute a couple <laughs> of those bombs to you. And then, you know, it was, it was mutual respect. He's like, no, that, I mean, you're a great pitcher and all this stuff. But, yeah. you know, he's, yeah, he definitely had a really great season. You know, it was fun to watch him uh, have that year. Yeah, not when he's up to bat, though, no. against you. So, so some. What were some moments from this past year, twofold here, that as a team was really like unifying? And then give us some funny moments from this past year. Um, I know it was a little later in the year, but definitely that Oklahoma State series. Mm-hmm. After that, I mean, we felt like we could go about, go out and beat the Yankees. Yeah, you know, uh, that was I think you could have that uh, weekend. Yeah, I think we could. That was. I mean, that was that was our peak baseball. That was when everything was clicking and that was our potential. We just, you know, couldn't get back to there. Um, but I mean, I, it, it's hard. It's hard after that weekend we had there to, to not be on top of the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, that was definitely probably our highest point. Um, and we felt super confident. I mean, we, we, we were like, we're hosting, you know, we're, we're about to make a crazy run and uh, just things happen. But um, give me some funny uh, moments. Funny moments. Uh, I don't know if this will really embarrass him or not, but looking back on it now, it's kind of funny. Uh, the ACU midweek that they end up winning at in Lubbock. Um, Sam Hunt's going to catch a fly ball, and it hits him in the face, and then the guy ends up having an inside-the-park <laughs> home run. Um, uh, that that was, was tough. That was It was tough, but now we look back on it, it's funny, but... In the moment, probably not, but... Uh, let's see if we can find that clip. Yeah, we'll Ins- attach it. Insert clip. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll we'll uh, give him a shout-out, too. There was, I mean, it's the walk-offs that we had, too. I, th- I don't remember... Uh, I mean, the Texas series was definitely... Uh, that brought us together a lot because, I mean, we had back-to-back walk-offs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kurt steals home, then hits the Grand Slam the next game. And, uh, I mean, that was first Big 12 series. And, you know, Texas at that time was like ranked third or mm-hmm. fourth, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, taking two out of three from them and it kind of uh, got us got us a good start. All the walk offs this year, I mean, they really they really bring you together as a team because it's you know you're it's it's a fun and exciting moment, and you know you're cheering with everybody and all this stuff. And 
Uh, yeah, definitely all those walk-offs that we had this year. Baseball's a funny sport. I mean, just all the things that can happen from a, a ball bouncing off your face to stealing home to yeah. win a, a game to pitching uh, the what was the final score of the of the last game of the regional against two to one two to one. So with our bats the whole year, if you're telling us we're their brand's going to hold them to two runs, you're thinking we're going to smoke them. It's just it, what an interesting game yeah. that baseball is. It was it was just like a the narrative kind of switched. You know, all year it was about well we're going to score you know 10 15 runs however much we need to win this game mm-hmm. but then in you know in the regional it was the opposite yep. you know our the bullpen really or the pitching staff as a whole really picked it up and uh but you know that's just the game of baseball it's just sometimes it doesn't go your way and you don't know why or you know it's, you just sometimes you have a bad day you know it's it's it is a little bit different uh cuz i mean any given day of the week any any team in america can win you know mm-hmm. i remember playing kent state early in the year and that Friday game, they're up four to two or something like that till like the seventh or eighth inning. And so it just shows that, you know, you got to show up every single day to play and you got to be ready or else the other team's going to be ready to kick you in the mouth. So much momentum in, in the sport of baseball, too. So I have to ask in the regional, like I, I can't even imagine how frustrating that was for you all as a team, but as, as the guy on the mound, as the ace pitcher for Texas Tech baseball. Do you play any role in with those batters in helping them identify maybe what the pitcher's trying to do to them? Or are you pretty well, the pitchers are pretty well doing their thing. Does that question yeah, make sense? Um, no, we don't. I mean, we kind of leave it up to the hitters to figure that stuff out because, I mean, for one, I don't hit the ball no more. And there's a good there's a good reason why I don't because I'm not very good at it, but you know it's when you get to that point you can't start like changing what you've done the whole year and like mm-hmm. yeah there are times where I'm like hey he's he's tipping this way you know he's doing this and he's throwing fastball every single time mm-hmm. and um, but other than that you know small little you know tips like hey he's doing this or hey he's doing that other than that not really no because. Uh, I just haven't gotten to that point where I can pick up on that stuff easily. Yeah. So, yeah, not not a whole lot. I was just curious. Um, I I think that that most of Red Raider Nation was sitting back. N- number one, in the moment, thinking we left so much on the field from a hitting standpoint. But then watching what Notre Dame goes and does at Tennessee after that, it's yeah. like, ah, uh, okay, okay. They're that's pretty freaking good baseball team I, over there. I will say they they. By far, they were the best bullpen we have faced yeah. all year. Yeah, I mean, it's just like they brought out three straight guys pumping ninety five. You know, with a you know good changeup or a good good curveball, and you know they go on a run and finish fifth or sixth in the in the country. You know, so and that was another team that kind of got gypped uh, of a uh, hosting mm-hmm. uh, hosting a regional. They were they were definitely in that mix. And I remember they kind of felt like they got screwed because they weren't hosting. Yeah. And um, and then they ended up going on a run and making a a, a run at the at a national title. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think ha- half of y'all's regional felt like you should have been hosting. Yeah. But it, back to that NCAA conversation is what it is. <laughs> okay, give us the two minute version 
of from A and M to Texas Tech? What is that evolution? Um, and for those that don't know, you originally were at Texas A and M yeah. before you transferred here. You talk about just from a baseball standpoint. Yeah, just that experience. Like what? What? Uh, you were at A and M. You commit to A and M. You're from Colleen, right? I'm uh, from uh, no, Willis. not Colleen, Willis. Yeah. And A and M's your dream school. Grown up, right? Yeah. And things didn't work out. So what what happened in that transition to get you from Texas A and M to Texas Tech? Uh, well, uh, right from leaving A uh, and M, uh, just didn't didn't like it. Uh, wasn't developing and uh, just wasn't wasn't my place. And uh, transferred. And right when I transferred, I knew I was going to go to San Jack, but I had so many people reaching out to Tech for me mm-hmm. because I. At the time, uh, Drew Baker was here, Cole Stilwell, Max Marshak, you know, all these guys I played with. And so I remember talking with Drew one time, and he was saying how laid back it was. And coming from a military school where I'm, you know, doing all this all this crap, I I was like, I want to go there. They're good, and I want to go there. Because that, that's when they made a, a, a run out of title, too, when they went to Omaha. And so right away, I knew I wanted to go there. So – uh, there was a guy that I was going to uh, that I was friends with that was at AM, transferred to San Jack, and then going to Tech. He reached out to them for me, and then along the line, there's like four or five different people that reach out to Tech for me. So uh, they were interested, and I go to San Jack, recovering um, uh, from injury. Uh, they offer me, say yes. Shortened season happens. I start pitching well. And I actually had interest in the third and fourth round of that shortened draft, but I. <clears throat> I knew I wanted to come here. I knew I, that I knew the upside from coming here and pitching well. So uh, turn it down. Go, uh, go, uh, come here. Having a good year, last year. Uh, start end up starting, you know, starting to find my groove, and then uh, shoulder injury happens. And right from there, I knew I didn't want to get drafted. I knew I wanted to come back for another year. Uh, just some miscommunication and uh, just I don't even know what I call it, but you know, it's advisors. Um, advise me with the wrong advice. Uh, you know, just feeding me all this information in the draft. I end up getting selected and stressing out. Do I want to go? Do I want to stay? Do I want to go? Do I want to stay? You, I remember her. She, you know, she's having a, a breakdown every other day because one day she thinks I'm here, and then the next day I'm I'm going to Florida, mm-hmm. you know? And so uh end up staying and then um, end up having this year, and uh, that's where we're at now, so – and, and it was an incredible year. I've mentioned some of the stats already. Nine and three, 2.75 ERA, 106 strikeouts. Those are good numbers. Thanks. Throwing clock in 98 multiple times. I was uh, I was up to 100 a couple times. I remember, I think it was that Oklahoma State series that you all went to Stillwater and just dominated. Yeah. And the commentator was the father of the Oklahoma State head coach. Yeah, so that's a that's a family business down there. They got yeah, it is a family. They business. got uh, his their dad is the announcer, head coach is uh, Josh Holiday. Uh, what's the other? Uh, and the other guy's a Hall of Famer or mm-hmm. going to be a Hall of Famer. What's mm-hmm. his first name? Uh, so, I, anyways, Holiday, and then his son, who's projected to be like one of the top five picks, is committed there also. Mm-hmm. Which it's not so like daddy ball because I mean obviously the kid's good, right. and the, but. <clears throat> It is a family business down there in Stillwater. Well, I, re- I just remember uh, 
Daddy Holiday on TV just drooling over you and what you were doing on the mound. I, I remember seeing a lot of things on Twitter about how people didn't like that guy. Well, they, they weren't fond of his uh, announcing. I mean, he. I mean, he was very Homer, obviously, but yeah. I felt like every time you pitched the ball, that dude was just fell in love over and over. I mean, I just wondered if Emily would have to fight him off if he was standing <laughs> right next to you at that point in time. But that game, I, I wonder if that game was one of those, because that series got a lot of attention nationally, right? And And seeing what you did when you were on the mound that game and hearing the father of the opponent's coach over and over and over say things like MLB scouts you better be watching this guy look what he is doing he's tearing us up we cannot hit him he looks like an MLB pitcher uh even the psychology like he and I don't remember specifics but I mean that guy I don't know what you paid him that day but he absolutely adored you and it it's just I think it's important for Texas Tech fans to see the the big perspective of the journey, right? Yeah. You started A and M, didn't work out. You 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 commit to uh, Sanjack. Sanjack, but then Tech opens up for you, and you get injured last year, which, I mean, my gosh, if you could combine the two years last year in the region or super regional against Stanford, we could hit. Yeah. But we couldn't pitch. This and year was the opposite. You know, there's um, – I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. And maybe I needed that injury last year to put me in this position I am now. And so, whether whether it was for this reason or some other reason, uh, that happened for a reason. Mm. And, you know, in the moment, of course I'm upset. Of course I'm, I'm down. And, you know, of course I'm down watching all my teammates play throughout the rest of the year. But, you know, if if, if that had to happen for this to happen this year, then by all means, I'm all for it. You know? So, uh, quickly, I, I know faith is important to you. It, it's one of the things you and I connected on yeah. early on. Tell us how your faith journey has helped you in in in, in all of this, because it's kind of a wild journey. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people don't, don't know it, but, like, it hasn't always been this way, where, you know, I'm able to go out every outing and, you know, put up numbers and pitch well. There's been a lot of ups and downs, you know, pitching seven innings at A&M and then, uh, co- you know, COVID year. And, um, you know, there's a lot of times where I wasn't able to do this. And so having my faith, you know, it helps you in those times of adversity push through it, you know, and, the, and to get past the, the tough times to keep pushing, you know, for these good times, like, like this, you know, position that we're in now. And so having that has also helped me understand that sports isn't everything. You know, I would, I would love to play pro baseball. I would love to be a big leaguer. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, you know, it's not who I am. And um, I'm okay with that. Mm. You know, I'm okay with not making this everything. Because then if it don't work out and it's my everything, then I'm going to feel like I have nothing. Mm. You know, and so I've, I've been able to further that mindset into, you know, and that's why I came back this year. You know, I was like, if I get hurt and don't get a chance to play professional baseball, I wasn't called to do it, you know, but maybe it is my calling because now, you know, this is the first healthy year I've had in three years. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that's something, that's something between me and God, you know, that's not anything. I, I didn't do anything differently. I just kept doing the same thing and doing, you know, he, he allowed me to have a, a healthy year. And so it's, 
and and I always tell people that's my balance, you know, and it's that's my balance in life between baseball and and, and everyday life. It's like I'm not going to let what I'm doing on the mound change the way I treat people, the way I interact with people. You know, no nobody wants to nobody wants to interact with that guy, and I think that's the. Uh, that's the that's the beauty of this platform I've been given. It's to show people like, hey, you can do something and be good at it, but you you don't have to let it change you, you know. And and I think that opens people's eyes because they understand like, yes, I yes I can I'm I'm good at what I do, but also I'm I you could still be a good person, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, that's one thing I've really tried to to show people is like, yes. I've done all these things on the mound, but it's not because of me, you know, it's, it's because there's someone else that has allowed me to do this, to do these things. And so it's so easy to just let this, you know, all the glory and everything be like, yeah, I did this. Yeah. This is all me. But at the end of the day, it's not for my own glory or my own name. You know, it's net, it's never, I say never, but it's not about that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about making my name bigger or the, the social media presence or the more followers or things like that. There, there's, there's a bigger reason as, as to why I do this. You know, it's not, it's not for my kingdom, you know, it's for, it's for God's kingdom. And that's what I, that's my mission. And, you know, that's, that whole mindset has helped me develop so much as a baseball player, because for one, it, it's taken the pressure off me to, to, to perform good. Cause I know that like at the end of the day, this is all, this is, it's not who I am, but it's just what I do, mm. you know? And so it's allowed me to reach a, a, a different, you know, or, or a group of people and be able to use my platform to, you know, let people in on what, what I'm about. So yeah. Brandon and I initially met at the Lubbock Cooper little league baseball fields. And Emily, I think you were there that night yep. too. Uh, you were, you were cleaning up the mounds, right? Taking care of the fields. And it was, it was the end of the season tournament. Yeah. My son's team that I coach, we were playing in the championship. We won, and I think the the director just said Kelly. Kelly yeah. just said, "Hey, come over here and give these awards out to these kids, right?" So that in and of itself, proof of the heart of Brandon, and you could just tell both of you, really, Brandon and Emily, like there's just something different here. Something stands out, um, and and I knew who you were. It's like holy cow, that's. I didn't know his shoulder was still working because you were fresh <laughs> off surgery at that point, right? I didn't know surgery, but yeah, I was, um, I had just started throwing at that okay. point. Okay. 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 Well, nonetheless, like you can just tell there's something different here. And, and I love that you said it's what I do. It's not who I am. I think that's a really important word for younger kids. Yeah. Like my son and all these kids trying to play travel ball and, and, and work their way up the ranks and get known and noticed it's got to be something bigger than that, right? It's it, and it's by all means, it's so hard to understand that because when you're a kid, you want the followers, you want the attention, you want people to know you're good, and um, that's really one thing I always tell kids. You know, I went and talked to a you know a couple teams and you know giving my testimony and stuff. I always let them know, like, hey, yeah, you can give it your all, you can love the sport, you can get upset if you lose. But you don't let it change who you are, mm. and you don't let it change the way you treat people. Mm. That's good. That's good. Okay, let's, let's switch topics here. Okay. What all do you throw? I throw a fastball, a curveball, a slider, and a changeup. What's your favorite pitch? Favorite? 
Uh, of course, you know, it's the fastball. Nothing better than just blowing a fastball by someone. Especially when you throw it 98 to 100. <laughs> what pitch do you least like to throw? Probably the curveball right now. and I Not least like, but it's um, it's probably my least confident pitch right now. And so it used to be my best pitch, but we kind of uh, just kind of, it's not there right now. Yeah. And so that was, I actually started to enjoy throwing a changeup too. Uh, I, I never really threw a good change for this year. And so, uh, but yeah, you know, it's just, that was probably the one I wasn't really going to a whole lot and uh, got to get better at that. But yeah. So I, I, I've always tried to notice if I can tell a nuanced difference when a pitcher is throwing the fastball to throwing the changeup. Could never tell. Yeah. Could never tell with you. So that's why it's the hardest pitch to hit in baseball. Yeah. Well, it was it was always impressive. Uh, so you mentioned I, my next question is what pitch needs the most work? Is it the curveball? I'd say I'd say yes, but I'm confident in it. Is where it's where I, I just need to throw it more. Yeah. Okay. So more, it's just repetition. Throw, yeah. The more I throw it, the the better it, it will get. Well, that's, I'm, that's what uh, I'm excited for in pro ball is uh, getting to learn more about pitching. You know, furthering the development of being an actual pitcher. Rather than just you know throwing the ball and just hoping it goes somewhere. So, do you when you can throw it ninety eight to one hundred consistently, ninety eight consistently for sure. Do you feel like that sets you up in the next league to like are our scouts looking at you to come in and be a closer because you're going to throw um, it ninety eight to one hundred. Are you, do you think with the range, because you can throw a lot, you've got a range of pitches as you can throw. Are you projected to be a starter? What do you, what, what do you see? I, well, here's the thing is, you know, they project guys to be more relievers if they're 95 to 96 in the first and then they're in the high 80s and the, in the fifth and sixth. But I was, I was able to throw 98 in the first and then throw 96, 97 in the, in my last inning. Mm-hmm. And so there weren't many games where my, my velocity dropped really below like 93. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a few, maybe when it was like cold and we played Kansas or something like that. But um, I think they're going to let me start out as a starter. And um, really it's just all in their hands because I tell they, – they always ask me what I want to be. And I was like, I don't care. If, if I'm a big leaguer, I'll, I'll be the water boy. You know, if I'm if I'm making that kind of money and yeah. whatever, if you want to be in the want me to be a reliever and go in the pen, by all means, you know. And so I I do like to be a starter. I like it because you have better routine and you get more preparation. But if they want me to be a reliever, I will. But I I think that was the main thing in that Oklahoma State game that Daddy Holiday was drooling over. Was I can't remember. How far, how far in that game did you go? I went seven. So I think it was the sixth or the seventh inning, and your fastball was still – I think you hit 98 at one point in the sixth or seventh inning. And, and I, I, you could just feel him melt like he was watching the next Randy Johnson. <laughs> it, it was fun. That was a fun game yeah. to watch you the, pitch. The umpire uh, screwed me on that last run. I, I, yeah. I rewatched that video. He says I didn't come set. And yeah, I, it may have been a short pause, but there was a pause and you cost me a run, whoever that umpire was. That was bad. We'll find him and we'll tag him on here. It wasn't Angel <laughs> Hernandez. Uh, okay, so last season you were drafted 11th round by the Twins. And you've touched on this a little bit, but what made you decide to come back? Um, I just saw the upside. I saw, 
And like now it's it's easy to be like, oh yeah, that's why he did it. Mm-hmm. But at the time, you didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know what year I was going to have. Yeah. And so there was a lot of risk, but I also saw the big picture. I saw the award. And so um you know, and it's you know, along with, you know, along with my faith, there there was just it was tugging on me to come back for another year, whether that be to influence this guy or have the year ahead or or whatever it may have been. And so um that's why I came back. It was just I, I tend to make decisions with my feelings, which is probably not always the best way to do it, but that's how I was feeling. And mm-hmm. so I came back and now it's easy to see why. Well, you know? the analytical side would say that you made the right decision. Yeah. Right. Because uh, your draft stock has, has risen significantly since that 11th round draft. Are you ready? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm. I'm excited more than anything. You know, I'm excited to, um, you know, further development and stuff like I was, I was touching on. Uh, just ready. I'm, I'm really ready to learn more about uh, learning how to be a pitcher at the next level. So, yeah, absolutely. What do you think you need to learn? I mean, you're throwing 98 to 100. What else is there to learn? Well, there's, uh, I guess uh, that's what we're going to figure out, you know. <laughs> There's, there's guys that know stuff that I don't, and, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn from uh, whoever's put in my path, so. To the 16, 17-year-old kid who's being recruited by lots of D1 schools and Tech is on the list, why should that young guy strongly consider Texas Tech? Well, for one, they allow you to kind of to just be your own person, and uh, it's like, well, if you want to do weighted balls, you do weighted balls. If you don't, you don't. And um, they they just allow you to develop. And, um, you know, the coaching staff really works well with you. And they um, they really have they really have the best intentions with, with, with each kid. And, well, for one, we're good. Yeah, that hopefully, plays a big role. Hopefully uh, that will ha- happen for years and years to come. Um, and, you know, it's you're in the Big 12. You know, you're in the Big 12, you're getting to learn a lot, and you're getting to play against really good competition, and that's what gets you better. It's not playing against, you know, the the the, the, the worst team in America. It's playing the best teams in America. Mm-hmm. That's what gets you ready. And at the end of the day, if it's your, if it's your dream to play professional baseball, it's, uh, this is what helps you prepare for uh, those those next steps. You mentioned how laid back it was. Yeah. And that, that played a role in your decision. And I, and I think we can all see that when, when the camera pans to Coach Tadlock. I mean, he just looks like somebody you want to go grab a beer with on a Friday night, right? Like, he's just cool. Yeah. Um, playing for that style, what, what is that like? Well, there can be pros and cons to it. Because if it's left in the wrong hands of someone, you can get away with... Um, lack of effort or, mm. you know, lack of in, in, intention. Um, but the the beauty of it is, like, me, they allowed me to just uh, get whatever I needed to get done to prepare for each outing. So, for me, it was beneficial because, for one, I knew what I needed to get done to prepare for my next, my next start. And so, <clears throat> you know, batting practice, they let me go inside and get arm care done, do, do everything I possibly needed to um, – get ready for each each outing and but they they saw you know how beneficial I was to us every weekend and so they allowed me to get what I need to get done in order to uh get on the mound 
for each weekend. So would you say for the, the kiddo that lacks self-motivation and has to be consistently, they're handheld in order to do what they need to do, maybe tech isn't a good fit. But if you're a, if you're a highly motivated and you're, and you're responsible and we can trust you that you can excel here. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just hard for me to see that because like, I'm not that way. And so, um, in, in my eyes, if, if you're still that way where you, you know, they got to hold your hand along the way, college, college sports probably ain't the right route for you, No, you know? And so, cause it's, it's not easy and it is lots of hours and lots of days where, you know, you got to do stuff you don't want to do, but at the end of the day, you got to have the discipline to do it. And so I think, um, those kids kind of get weeded out, yeah. you know, they get weeded out as time goes on because they understand this isn't what, uh, this isn't what they signed up for. Yeah. They thought I was just playing ball and, uh, that was it. So it's business. Yeah, absolutely. It's big business. Every outing, every game affects the potential business side of your brandability down the road. Okay, when's the wedding? We are uh, about to start looking at venues, so pretty soon here we'll we'll, we'll know that date. And and the wedding is in. Uh, she she says Lubbock, so we're doing it in Lubbock. Is that news to you? Nope. Okay. Uh, well, we're we're going we're living here for a little bit, so I mean I'm going to be here in the off season and. But all like the details, the decorating and all that stuff, that's all, that's out of my hands. It will, I, it, as it should be. I think I made one suggestion and it was turned down. So oh. I think I suggested hot dogs at the wedding. Oh, Brandon. And she said <laughs> she turned that one down. <laughs> Emily, uh, I, I'm with you on that one. Let's let's not do hot dogs. <laughs> let's let's not do hot dogs. Uh, but we so we're working on the date. Yeah. Okay. We'll probably we'll probably know here in the next. A uh, couple weeks or so. Okay. Well, I'll reiterate. We'll, pro- we'll probably be uh, next winter. Okay. Because, I mean, you know, a pro baseball player, you've got a short amount of time to, or short window to get things like that stuff, that yeah. like that done. So. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to remind you all that as a licensed minister, I am able to perform weddings and funerals. <laughs> so, we'll just throw it out thanks, there. Thanks for the info, John. Yeah, absolutely. Man, Brandon, listen, not only is your friend and as a Guns Up Nation guy to get you on this podcast and spread the Brandon Birdsell message, but I can marry you and bury you if you need me to. How about it? So the the long-term baseball goal for you is what? Um, well, of course, it's to be a, a big leaguer. You know, I personally, I you know, I love baseball. I, I, I want to do it for a career, but I... I'm more I'm more into the professional side of baseball because I could see it, you know, supporting my future family. And I love baseball, so it's like why not, you know, best of both worlds. And um but you know, there there's a different timeline for everyone with the sport and you never know when when uh that's going to be over with. Um so I don't have really have a I want to play for X amount of years or things like that. I, I just want to be able to support uh, our future family as as we go on. So after baseball, I want to do strength and conditioning. Okay. Yeah, I kind of found a passion for that uh, with uh, Tori Stevens, our strength coach, uh, throughout this past year. And so after that, I'll start interning with him and uh, working to get a uh, or working to get certified. Awesome. 
uh, at the collegiate level, work with, with college baseball teams, high school, what, or is that too far in the future to even predict? I, you know, I, I don't really, I don't think the high school side, more the college side, because mm-hmm. I love, you know, I love working with Tori and Tyler uh, in the weight room. And, you know, just the impact they've had on me in, in my career, in my personal life, um, you know, it, it's awesome. And so, uh, I mean, they get to hang out with 18 and 22-year-olds, uh, some guys 23, 24, um, <laughs> Easton. But Uh-oh. they, uh, you know, they, they really uh, benefit your life in, in lots of ways. And, you know, it's inspired me. And, you know, I love I love uh, the strength and conditioning side of it also. And so uh, they just kind of helped me figure out that's what I want to do. Before that, it was landscaping, but now not so much. Well, I, I think as, as Red Raider Nation uh, continues to get to know you and your story and y'all's story, because it is y'all's story now, right? that no matter what you decide to do and if that changes, like you've got the it factor to turn whatever it is you want to do into an overwhelming success. And I know I speak on behalf of Red Raider Nation when I say we wish you'd come back for another year, but that's being very selfish. We know it's best for you to move on to the pros and to the next phase of of your life. But the vocal leader that you've been on the team this year, the the physical leader uh, from an emotional standpoint, an encouragement standpoint, like it's obvious that that was the role that you had on the team this year. And it'll be interesting to see who steps up next year. Uh, do you have any predictions as to who's going to fill your leadership uh, uh, shoes or is now the time to call out the right person um, or hopes for somebody? I, I just hope they take that into their own hands mm. and um, build off of what we had this past year. Because I think leadership is important, and you need the right leaders in the right spots. And so I hope it's important enough to them to, you know, kind of pick their own leaders and uh, have those guys kind of be the vo- new voice of next year's team. What, what do you see for next year's team? Next year's team, I mean, you've got a really good sophomore class that are going to be juniors, and you've got some fourth-year guys. Um, I mean, the heart of that pitching staff – this past year, they were all sophomores, and so I think they got a really good um, staff going into next year, and we're, we're getting a lot of transfers right now, a lot of mm-hmm. really good transfers yeah. uh, that are going to fill some of those uh, spots leaving in the field. So, um, you know, I, I don't I don't think Tech has necessarily had a rebuilding year since Chadlock's been here. No. Uh, for as many people want to say this was a rebuilding year, I mean, we, got, we had a lot of old guys, and we made a regional, mm-hmm. tw- second in the Big 12. Um, and that's a rebuild. Yeah. That's, so that's a great rebuild. They, I, I think you've got a lot to look forward to for next year's team. And, and in your life as well. And, and it'll be exciting to continue to watch your journey, see what happens. And, and that'll be fun to get to watch what is next for the two of you and baseball side, obviously, but just where life takes you and, and all of the things. So, Brandon, I do consider it a legitimate blessing that we bumped into each other yeah. at the Lubbock Cooper baseball fields. I, it was about this time of year yeah. ago. I mean, I was just uh, trying to make a little bit of extra cash, and you know, it that I, I thank Kelly for that opportunity because it's you know there's still people who are like, hey, uh, you gave my kid that trophy, right? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, the hell is me. Yeah, and um, so it's just brought a lot of opportunity, you know, with with John and how how, how graceful he's been to me and. You know, a lot of other people that I met that night, you know, mm-hmm. handing out those trophies. So, um, 
yeah, that was a real blessing in disguise. Well, and I always uh, reference you when when my son and I go to pitch because it uh, you're a great example of like, okay, watch the way he's breathing. If I say, all right, Dash, here's what you need to do. He doesn't listen. <laughs> but if I say, okay, look, 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 let's pull up this video of Brandon. Look what he's doing. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I want to do it like Brandon in, in did. In Dash's defense, I was the same way. <laughs> well, so. okay. All right, that's fine. That's fine. Man, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Emily, thanks for coming in and hanging out with us too. Legitimately, guns up, nation, Red Raider nation. I know you know this. I have nothing but love for you. And everything that you that. did in your time here at Texas Tech and the adversity that you overcame with the injury, coming back, being the leader, going nine and three, over a hundred strikeouts. I those, mean two of those losses also were one run ball games. So just to throw that out there. Absolutely. Yes. But and that's no, a fair point. We uh well, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having us and you know being so kind and uh, genuine with us. We really do appreciate it. Likewise, my friend. Yeah, uh, thank you, uh, you know, Red Raider Nation for, you know, the last two years. Um, it was a lot of fun playing here in Lubbock and uh, going out there and putting that uniform on. Love it. This is the Guns Up Nation podcast. Catch you on the next one.